Hey folks, it is your host, Jason Coral again. Whatsoever is true, we're jumping right into it. Joe Rogan and the biblical case for free speech, if you haven't been paying attention. Joe has been in some hot water because he's had on some doctors that uh, didn't agree with the mainstream narrative on COVID-19 and vaccines in particular. Uh, I think, you know, McCullough, Malone. He's also had on numerous other people. Uh, I think he had CNN's CNN's resident medical expert there who is pretty much professing the mainstream narrative. So I think he has had both sides on. But nevertheless, let's look at this and make the case for biblical free speech and why free speech is a biblical principle and a must, is a necessity, and how this subject is so important for us to understand from a biblical perspective. Remember, I do this podcast. I, I do the blog. Check out whatsoeverstrue.com, please. And I do all of this because there's nothing more important than living by the principles of the Word of God, living by the principles of Scripture and applying them all of our life. So let's let's dive in, right? Okay. Uh, Proverbs 18, verses 12 and 13 says, Before destruction, a man's heart is haughty, but humility comes before honor. If one gives an answer before he hears, it is his folly and shame. So... Let's, let's, uh, let's consider that for a second. Free speech is a necessity for two primary reasons. Man is not the source of truth. God is. That's the big thing to remember. Second, because man has fallen in sin, there's been a negative impact on his reasoning. So, so theologians would call this the noetic effects of the fall. And it means that even at our best, we're, we're still prone to errors. We've all experienced that, right? We've all messed something up. We forgot something. Uh, we, we overlooked something. So these two facts are inescapable. It, and a third truth flows from them. Since we aren't the basis of truth and the root cause of evil is our insistence on playing God rather than resting our evaluations upon his word, all men must be free to think and speak, all right? So as this verse instructs, we must carefully seek the truth. So God has commanded that we live in faith, and this includes a, a life of fruitful labor to his glory and the service of our neighbor. This is uh, Genesis 9.1, if you want some uh, text for this, and Colossians 3.23. It's just a low-hanging fruit there. That is, we're, we're to apply ourselves in God-given vocations. This command to, to apply ourselves, not to just sit back and wait to be served, has two corollaries that we should consider for free speech. First, in order to work, we've got to think. You know, we've got to make decisions. Speech is what comes from a man's heart, you know, mind. Uh, uh, Jesus says in Matthew 15, verse 18, right out of our mouth comes what's in our heart. Therefore, to control one's speech is to control somebody's mind. That's a really important point to understand. Second, freedom and free markets flow downstream from the fact of God's commandment that we love him and our neighbor. We must take careful note that he commands us to love him with all of our minds. And yet, he permits, think about this for a second, he permits in this present age. He permits our disobedience, guys. Every day, sinners blaspheme and insult their creator God and keep breathing. Now, Joe Rogan has. He said a lot of things against Christianity on his show, a lot more against Christianity than he has against COVID-19 vaccines. 
Every single day, people reject the Lord and, and say terrible things about him. So in other words, God sends his sunshine upon sinners. That's Matthew 5, verse 45 from the Sermon on the Mount. Despite their deserving instant judgment, we deserve instant judgment. The desire to control others in any way, shape, or form is therefore evil. It's anti-God. It's the attempt to play God over others. The attempt to control the property or speech of our neighbors in any way, in any way, through direct force, through regulation, intimidation, all of that is evidence of our rebellion against God. All right, so let's look. Uh, there's a, another uh, pertinent scene here. John chapter 18, verses 22 and 23. Um, when he had said these things, you know, Jesus is, is, is on his, the sham trial they've got there. He's in front of the high priest. When, when, when he had said these things, one of the officers standing by struck Jesus with his hand, saying, Is that how you answer the high priest? Jesus answered him, if, that, if what I said is wrong, bear witness about the wrong. But if what I said is right, why do you strike me? Again, that's John 18, verses 22 and 23. Think about this for a second. This guy punched the sovereign God of the universe, the creator of all of life, sm smacked him right in the face. Um, <clears throat> and this, is, this was the Lord's reply. Right, and and in a way, we're doing that right now today. For, for for us to be sitting here and 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 people are saying things against Christ, maybe against you, when you 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 hopefully hopefully lovingly and uh, wisely apply the word of the Lord to the particulars of life, and people people malign you or say bad things about about the word of the Lord and call it intolerant and all these other things. Um, that's what they're doing, and the Lord gives them the breath to do that. So. The emotional outburst of the of the officer that hit him, you gotta think about this. He's got this vagabond preacher in front of him who was under arrest, and he just this guy dares to talk back to the high priest. For a good Jew, that's unthinkable. <clears throat> so his response to that is, you know, in some way understandable. I mean, a high priest, no, but uh, maybe this guy. I mean, you can give him a little bit of slack here, but he's so wrong because think about what happened. Jesus' reply cautions us, all of us, and that's in Christians included, especially us, because we know him and we know the beauty of his word. We know the freedom and liberty that is in his word. It cautions us to avoid emotional outbursts when our conclusions are challenged. Those that are absolutely certain that Joe Rogan shouldn't be allowed to spread misinformation should also pause to consider that if, the, if their principles carry them to the suppression of debate and free speech, then, then they're on the wrong side. You know, so if somebody, anytime that we're, we're suggesting somebody shouldn't be allowed to speak or we want to use, use violence, force, intimidation, whatever against them, we're like that guy smacking the Lord in the face. We're playing God. Uh, nowhere in history have those that suppress debate been the good guys. So if we support a policy or structure that prohibits free debate, we've got to repent. That's an error. The rejection of another's ability to use their time and property to speak and seek the truth as they wish is an ungodly assault on them. The denial of free speech and or the forcing of consent are acts of violence perpetrated by those who would play God over their neighbor and declare that there's no way they can be wrong. Right? I mean, that's what I'm saying. There's no way I can be wrong. So I'm playing God. Free speech and property rights are God-given. When they're abridged or trampled, tyranny is at hand. 
Those who clamor to cancel or silence their intellectual opponents are acting in sin. God has given a person the gifts of liberty and the command to labor and think. You can't labor without thinking. Any attempt to stifle these is abhorrent, though always mass in some good cause or another, right? I and mean, that's what they're always doing. It's a good cause for us to, to tyrannize people. And that's from 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen. The devil masquerades as, as an angel of light. He tells you it's for a good cause. Abridge this person's freedom. Take their property. Take their labor uh, and compel their speech. So here's another one. Um, the entire book of Acts is this, and, and the entire ministry of Jesus is a great example. But um, look at the, this is the example of Christ, the way of Christ over against the way of the world. That is the way of love and truth over against the way of greed force, and violence. The early church was always out debating, reasoning, and arguing. They compelled no one. They preach. The way of the world is brute force. The way of Christ is freedom, humility, meekness, and reason. No trained Christian, and I do hope you hear me, no trained Christian applying the principles of Scripture to life can lose a debate. Because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. That's Proverbs 1.7. Again and again in the book of Acts, the early church leaders shared the truth about God with everyone willing to listen. No one was forced. Everyone was allowed either to listen, disagree, agree, be converted, call names, whatever. Or they could simply ignore them. That's the issue. I mean, the kingdom of God is now at hand through the gospel being preached without force without regulation, but with reason and love. When the Lord comes again, that age is over, right? It's given to men once to die and then judgment. That day is coming. Everybody's got that appointment with the Lord. It's a stamp somewhere on our bottom, right? But until that time, none of us is authorized to use force. None of us is authorized to use force. All right? We can't do it. So... When the Lord comes again, again, that's all over. All who have rejected him will be judged by him and him alone. We are here to just preach. This is why scripture says in Romans 10, think about this for a second. How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news, right? But the world's way is a way of violence. That's what we're seeing here. They compel speech in conformity. Look, look, look at it and see. It's, it's an amazing thing. The kingdom of God is seen in his church. It's a voluntary power. You may go, you may give, you may submit. The choice is yours. The kingdom of man is his corporate state. It's a compulsory power. You've got to give. You must be taxed to support it. It rejects God's mandate to it. In other words, that, that the civil magistrate is his avenger of crime, of interpersonal evil. It rejects that and instead declares itself a neutral power. And interesting about this neutral power because it says that God's law has no jurisdiction over it, and yet it demands that everyone submit to it. So it's a neutral power that demands everybody, everyone's obedience. His church, God's church, doesn't do that. He beckons us to come. He sends us out as sheep amongst wolves, Right? That's the big difference here. It's a man's church. The state is power. God's church is meek. God's church is full of redeemed sinners that are restrained by his word. Church discipline, 
right, is restrained by his word. We can't, we can't deprive people of property. We can excommunicate somebody, right? And even in that is in love and to try to restore them, but we can't use force. Man's church is full of sinners who don't know any limits except the ballot box or the cartridge box, pure power. God's church is liberty and freedom. Man's church is power and coercion. God's church is full of grace and forgiveness. Man's church is all regulation and control. As for the Joe Rogan situation, where he dared have on his show you know, two immensely qualified men who contradicted the mainstream COVID narrative, I'm going to present the following. Now, let's turn to Acts 19. If you've got your Bible near you, Acts 19, go to start in verse 23. We're going to go to verse 29. This is Acts 19. About that time, there arose no little disturbance concerning the way. I love how they called Christianity the way. For a man named Demetrius, a silversmith who made silver shrines of Artemis, brought no little business to the craftsmen. These he gathered together with the workmen in similar trades and said, Men, you know that from this business we have our wealth. Right? Some of them are making idols. Um, <laughs> I think this is really interesting. And you see and hear that not only in Ephesus, but in almost all of Asia, this Paul has persuaded and turned away a great many people, saying that gods made with hands are not gods. And there is danger, not only that this trade of ours may come into disrepute, but also that the temple of the great goddess may be counted as nothing, and that she may even be deposed from her magnificence, she whom all Asia and the world worship. When they heard this, they were enraged and were crying out, Great Artemis of the Ephesians! So the city was filled with the confusion, and they rushed together into the theater, dragging with them um, Gaius and Aristarchus and Macedonians, who were Paul's companions in travel. That's Acts 19. Um, always, they lose debates with Paul and, and the apostles, and, and they end up you know, resorting to mob violence and so forth. So like Demetrius, the modern-day pharma-state alliance, again, it's pharma-state media alliance. They all make so much money from it. Uh, just like these guys with their idols, has too much to lose by allowing free men to disagree with them. Joe Rogan has had their side on his show, right? I've said that. Uh, he's let both sides speak, but they demand everyone submit. They, they've got too much to lose. You don't have to be a doctor to know that the side that wants to squelch debate is probably the bad side. Reread the passage from Acts 19 and note how Demetrius sounds very much like Dr. Fossey. When you remember the revealed emails right before the COVID lockdown started, and uh, some of the, the researchers were saying this looks like it was made in a lab, and they, they squelched that. Why? Read it, read it. He said he was afraid of coming into disrepute, deposed of his magnificence, he and science, whom all the world is to worship. Think about that. Sin hates free speech because it naturally rejects and suppresses the truth. Romans 1.18. Thus, all we need to know about a subject is evident on this principle. It is. Everything's here. Right? You don't need to be an epidemiologist. You don't need to be a doctor. You don't need to be a mechanic. You don't need to be a specialist, an expert to know basics because all of the, there's no brute facts in God's creation. All of them come back to morality. They come back to God's moral law. So here's how we know. Ready? Which side is suppressing free speech? Which side uses intimidation, regulation, or force of law to compel the mind? Which side demands conformity and calls God-given freedom wrong? 
Which side demands the right to one's time, property, and mind? Those things belong to God, not man or any of his institutions. To lay claim to them is to claim to be God. That should be simple. So we understand this, this principle. This is why it's there. So speak, Joe Rogan. Speak freely. And incidentally, again, I'm going to say once more, Joe Rogan has said far more things against Christ on his very popular show on Spotify than he has about COVID. God has given him that liberty, and we've got to respect it. We fight. I fight his bad ideas on Christ and whatever else I might disagree with here and on the blog. We're talking to people. Or maybe by not listening, because I don't think Rogan listens to whatsoever is true. <laughs> but anyway, that's, that's, that's his right and my right. God has given us both those rights. But I praise the Lord that he's given us freedom. See, even this should bring us to glorify our God and Father. Liberty is a logical consequence of the creator-creature distinction. No man is God. God is God. Thus, every man and woman is free before him. To worship or live in rebellion, right? That's the key. I mean, we're free to worship him, but to rebel against him. And he'll settle those accounts on judgment day. This is what we preach. This is what we preach. Reconciliation. We're ambassadors of Christ. All while respecting the freedom he gives all. If you're in a church that doesn't let people speak or, or does things extra biblically, well, clearly that's, that's, that's a sin. They need to stop doing that. No one has a right to take away the rights God gave us. God, in Jesus Christ, has given us that liberty, and we have to respect it for all, ourselves and for others. Uh, we're not going to battle sin with, with more sin. We're going to battle sin with the cross of Jesus Christ. So whenever we shine light on error, we're shining light on sin, we're shining a light that's pointing to the cross. That's what makes Christians Christians right? The cross of Jesus Christ. So therefore, we do all to the glory of Christ, not, not to compel one's mind or to take their property. Remember, their mind is their property, so therefore their speech is. So we battle bad ideas by tearing down strongholds, right? That's 2 Corinthians, right? By tearing down the strongholds, by, by reasoning, by debates. Our sword is the word of the Lord, and that's it. So hope you were edified by this. Hope this causes you and brings you to a greater and deeper understanding of the Lord and his majesty and his wisdom, how inscrutable are his ways, right? And uh, how, how just beautiful his word is and, and how it applies to every area of life. So uh, hopefully this, this helps and, and the Lord Jesus Christ is glorified through this work and, uh, and he continues to grow in your heart and your mind at home as you, as you rest in that. You don't see God as giving you blessings. You see God as your blessing. Okay. And uh, again, I hope and pray that this has been helpful and I'll catch you guys next time.